Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries, where we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast, and my name is Shakira. We have brand new episodes every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Now, fair warning to everyone that's listening right now. Um, Our topic today is definitely going to be on the political spectrum of things, um, as opposed to what we normally focus on, which is like inspiration, encouragement, um, culture, things like that. But today is definitely going to be political. So there's your fair warning. If it's your first time hearing my voice, that means that you're new here to our Carefree family. And we encourage you to go ahead and subscribe so you'll be notified every single time that we have a brand new episode. And if it's not your first time hearing my voice, that means you're already a part of our Carefree family. And welcome back. Thank you for tuning in for a new episode this week. So you all know how this goes. We're going to have our Carefree updates. And today's update is just going to be one because it's only one worth talking about today. And after that, we're going to hop into our topic. So right now, while I'm recording this, it is May 19th, and earlier today, I'm riding in my car, right? I wasn't driving. I wasn't driving. I was in the passenger seat, so I'm scrolling on Twitter, and I see that someone is going to pay off the student loan debt of Morehouse College's class of 2019 today. So they had their commencement ceremonies and a billionaire investor, his name is Robert F. Smith, he announced during his commencement speech that he would pay off their student loan debt um, for that class. And y'all, when I tell you I would have passed out if I was in the number, and that's one of the numbers that I wish I could have been in, I would have passed out to right then and there they would have had to carry me out on the stretch I'm not even playing but this is so big this is so big because the amount of students I think is 396 students in that graduating class so the amount of money that is estimated that he's going to pledge because he's going to set up a grant through his family that is going to clear their student loan debt and the amount y'all is like 40 million dollars four zero million dollars Do you know how big that is? And I saw something earlier that said that this is going to be interesting to see the paths and the choices that these students make in life, to see where they go, what they end up doing, because it's different when you are graduating from college, um, whether it's graduate school or undergrad, and you have the decision to be free. You have freedom, financial freedom to really establish yourself as an adult really out there in the real world as opposed to being constrained to the choices that you have to make because you need to pay Sally Mae back. So I am so excited for them. Do I wish I could have been there, you know, in the number? Yes, I do. I think anyone with student loan debt right now wishes they were there, but I am still extremely excited for them. And I was reading an article about it um, over on CNN, and someone said that when you have to service a debt, the choices about what you can do in the world are constrained. This gift gives those graduates the liberty to follow their dreams and their passions. And I absolutely positively agree. A lot of times we get stuck at jobs and in careers that we aren't fond of things that we really wouldn't be doing but we know we have to pay our rent we know we have to eat we know we have to pay carno and we know we have to pay sally Maybach. it's just the facts of life so i am so happy for them and i really hope that this 
is a domino. I hope it's a domino to encourage other millionaires and billionaires and even people who don't have that much amount of money. Sometimes people have influence and just impact. Even if you don't have the dollars in your account, you can get people in your communities to set up grants and scholarship funds for not only people that are going to college, but those that have graduated to help them out a little bit. Because I will admit it is heavy carrying um, just the just knowing that you're going to have to pay all this money back eventually just because you received an education and that just goes to show like the system is flawed it is so flawed but again I hope that this is a domino and it encourages other people to do the same thing honestly because this is how generational wealth is built this is how you encourage minorities and people of color who don't have the access to um trust funds or don't have just you know you y'all know what I'm talking about y'all know what I'm talking about hopefully this is something that will change that and really like change the tide of things that are going on right now so kudos to him and I honestly felt like that was the only carefree update we needed to talk about today because it was the only thing worth talking about all right now <laughs> let's hop into our topic I didn't want to go there today with this but we're gonna go there so let's have a quick little break for our sponsor and then we'll be back Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so about two weeks ago, my best friend and I, we went to the Millennium Tour. And if you have not heard of the Millennium Tour, I mean, like, where have you been? What rock have you been hiding under? Let me know because I might want to come camp out with you because it's a lot going on right now. But the Millennium Tour is B2K, Chingy, the Yin Yang Twins, Mario, Bobby Valentino, um, and Lloyd. So these are early performers of the 2000s. Uh, they had a tour and when it came out I'm like yes like I can live my seven-year-old dreams and see B2K because I never saw them when I was a kid and then yesterday I'm on Twitter as always and I see Bow Wow tweets that there's gonna be a Scream tour um 2019-2020 and the Scream tour was like huge when I was a kid as well I mean I assumed that he would bring like Chris Brown I don't know and then I'm still on Twitter, and I see that all that, the show is all that, all that. Yes, that show is coming back with Kenan and Kale. I don't know if they're going to have Amanda Bynes. Sis was having some problems at one point in time, so I hope she's okay. But all that is coming back. And also, 
I'm looking at like the clothes that we're wearing now, these bright neon colors that are so popular with fast fashion. I love it, don't get me wrong, but this is just like a resurrection of the early 2000s fashion and the 80s because the neon was crazy in the 80s. And what I was thinking about, right, with all of this stuff that is just like old things that once were coming back to new age, you know, um, outlets and experiences. Also, you know, while we have these things that we're enjoying from our childhood or from young adulthood when we were coming up, just seeing it come back again, it's like, yes, but some things need to be left where they are. And one thing that needs to be left where it was untouched under lock and key is women's rights to choose. Because it's starting to feel like it's the early 1900s again or the 1950s again when we had to fight for rights to vote, when we had to fight for um, what we decided to do with our bodies. And you all should know what I'm talking about right now because I'm talking about the heartbeat bill because we just got to talk about it. Okay, I got to go there today. I didn't want to, but I got to. Now, the reason I want to talk about this today is because... Um, I think eight to nine states so far this year have moved forward with these heartbeat bills. And I'm going to give you like a brief explanation of exactly what the heartbeat bill is and what it means for women. Uh, but the states that I'm talking about are Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, Ohio, um, Missouri, and I also believe that Arkansas and Utah have all revisited this bill to get it pushed through. Um, to really lower the amount of weeks that a mother has uh, in detecting a heartbeat for a embryo in the womb and really decreasing that amount of time, like that window when women don't even know they're pregnant, does a whole lot. All right. So generally speaking, the heartbeat bill prohibits abortion once a fetal heartbeat can be detected. Um, but reproductive rights advocates and doctors say that this law, that this bill that they're trying to push through, it prohibits abortion before women even know that they are pregnant, which is basically like a total ban of the procedure. And one state who has definitely been under fire is Alabama because they've pushed their bill to a six-week mark. And it also entails that like an absolute ban of abortion because this one example I kept seeing is an 11-year-old. If an 11-year-old is raped or if an 11-year-old, um, someone in her family, if it, if she's a victim of incest, right, and she gets pregnant, she can't have an abortion. How sick is that? Like, how sick can you be to sign a bill like that into law? But the good thing is that none of these bills, like the conversation that we've been having about uh, having about them while we should be having these conversations, I also want people to realize that these things, although they're being signed, they're, they aren't laws, like they aren't active laws right now. So abortion is still very much so legal, um, but we still need to speak up and speak out about what's going on, especially when it comes to our bodies, especially when these lawmakers are majority white men 
who don't have to bear children okay and they're old excuse me if i have any older listeners they are you know 50 60 years old they aren't thinking about having children so this is our battle to fight this is young people's battle to fight which is why i felt that it was super important for us to talk about it today so i don't have any children right and i i will be honest i do not know much about pregnancy i've had friends that have had children i have brothers who have had children but it's not like i have sisters who have had children where i would be more privy to that information i have brothers so it's just kind of like when the baby gets here the baby gets here and that's it but I don't know much about pregnancy, so I had to do some research, and I found an article on the New York Times that kind of, like, gave a lot of information when it comes to this heartbeat bill and when women learn that they are actually pregnant. So I want to read you this little excerpt, and the headline of it is, When Do Women First Learn That They Are Pregnant? So it says, while there isn't clear data as to when women typically find out that they are pregnant, Dr. Dana, Dana Gosette, the vice chair of obstetrics and gynecology at the University of California in San Francisco said that in her practice she often sees women who don't realize that they are pregnant until after the six-week mark. Typically, this is a quote from her, typically clinical symptoms like fatigue and nausea don't start until after six weeks though there are some women who are more sensitive to early pregnancy symptoms and what's more Women with irregular menstrual cycles might find it especially challenging to discover that they're pregnant right away. And she says, what are they supposed to do? Check pregnancy tests every four to five weeks. She goes on to say that unless a woman is actively trying to get pregnant, she is unlikely to know that she is pregnant at six weeks. So if most women don't even have an inkling as to know that they are pregnant at six weeks, why in the world? Why in the world are we signing or trying to pass bills and laws into legislation that ban abortion at the six-week mark? Somebody tell me because I'm a little confused. I am really confused right now. And on top of that, nearly half of the pregnancies in the United States are unplanned. Okay, that's almost 50% of the pregnancies in the U.S. of A. are unplanned. So just imagine the effect that this will have on 50% or nearly 50% of women, okay? Now, back in 2011, it was found that 45% of pregnancies were not planned. That is 2.8 million unintended pregnancies, of which of those 2.8 million, more than 40% would end in abortion. And I know that, you know, it's it's a delicate topic some people agree with abortion some people don't agree with abortion i'm i look at it from the standpoint of um a case-by-case analysis because i've had experience with it and i'll tell you all about it later but i think there there are exceptions to this like you can't just throw a whole thing out there because really what this is trying to do is overturn it's trying to make it to go it's trying to make it go to the supreme court which is going to um challenge roe versus wade which was something that was settled in the 1950s which legalized abortion in the united states because women were you know going to these doctors or people in these back rooms they were using clothes hangers women were dying because they weren't able to get abortions 
and we're not going back there. Like, this is 2019. We are not going back to the 1950s. Like, what Yona Van Zandt say? Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Like, that is how I feel about this. Because this is absolutely ridiculous when you think about it. Because we have children in foster care. We have children who can't even get adopted. Um, they end up going to institutions because no one wants to adopt them. People just want to adopt infants. People don't want to adopt actual children. People don't want to adopt children that are 10 years old, 15 years old. We have so many children in the United States. And I saw a statistic that said nearly 443,000 children are in foster care on any particular day in the United States of America. And on top of that, in 2017, more than 690,000 children spent time in the U.S. foster system. So some of these children ended up going with um, family members and relatives. Some of them just ended up going to institutions, group homes, and things of that nature. But if these bills were to um, make it up to the Supreme Court, I mean, so far the Supreme Court has been shooting all of them down because they don't want to deal with it because they typically side with um, the state. When the state says no, the Supreme Court says no. Um, and hopefully that doesn't change. But my thing is, if it were to, because you have to look at things from um, what if perspectives because a lot can happen. I mean, this is the twilight zone that we're living in right now. But there will be such a there will be a dramatic increase in children in the foster care system and this would affect minority children the most minority children and lower income children the most and i saw another quote that says lower income women rural women and women with limited access to health care will be disproportionately affected by these laws and this is a quote from dr horvath and she said that women of means will be able to travel to other states or other countries just as they did before roe versus wade so during that time before roe versus wade was um passed and set into legislation women who had the money to they would go to other countries or other states or people that you know would be recommended to them and go and have these procedures but women who don't have the access to those things they are the ones that we have to look out for the just i mean just as healthcare in general like it's the same thing with that people that don't have access to it are the ones that affect it the most and this is why we need to get people in office politicians who actually care about the poor and disenfranchised and the minorities because they are only thinking of themselves they they know their families are set they know they have access to health care and all of that good stuff i mean that's fine and dandy but you have to think about people outside of yourself like how selfish can you be <laughs> like I just don't know how these people sleep at night when they make these decisions. Like, how can I was looking at a picture of the governor of Alabama when she was signing the paper off, like, and she had a smile on her face. And I'm just like, lady, you are over 60 years old. Well, I don't know if she's really over 60 years old, but you are over 60 years old and you think this is okay. Like, do you not have daughters? Do you not have granddaughters, nieces? Like, do you have a heart like that is what I think when I see these people um and even if you are someone who is against abortion even if you are someone who is celibate or waiting you know for marriage think about victims of rape like why would you force those women to 
carry a child for nine months as a reminder of that traumatic experience that they went through and I know that some women do keep those children and that is fine like again case by case basis I'm not dragging anybody I'm not judging anybody at all but I think that women should have the option to choose for themselves and we do not need men making these decisions for us men who will never have to carry a child to term men who will never have to grapple with the fact that um they may or may not have a child like it's not their decision to make and that's where my beef comes in because I'm just not for it period and I think you know before my experience with it I may have been um, my views may have been a little different, but when I was in college, when I was in college, I had a good friend and I remember going to her house one day and she just seemed like very out of it, very out of it. And I asked her what was wrong and she told me she found out that she was pregnant and she was pregnant from this guy, like she barely knew him. Um, and again, this is not judging anyone but she barely knew him and she was like you know I can't keep this baby and she was still in college just like I was so you know I told her whatever she decided to do I will be there to support her regardless and I think about a week passed and she decided that she was going to um well first we went and saw about options so we went to uh Planned Parenthood yeah we went to Planned Parenthood and I went with her to the doctor and sat in the room with her and everything while the doctor gave her her options and everything like that and talked everything through with her what she decided to do and I mean these doctors and the people at these clinics are great people you know they are not just in the business of telling you get rid of a baby they are really just giving you options and weighing options with you so the doctor was like you know you have the the option to carry the child to term you can keep the child you can sign away your parental rights you can you know put the child into the foster care system, put them up for adoption, or you can decide to go with abortion. And she thought about it. I think she may have sat on it about a week, I believe. And after a week, she just, you know, she called me and she was like, um, I'm just gonna let it go. You know, I'm gonna get an abortion. And I told her that I would be there for her. Now she did not get it done in the same city as me so she went home to be with her parents when she got it done but I remember how hard that was for her I remember how hard it was for her to um decide that so why even put women through this like women already go through enough when deciding whether or not you know they want to carry a child to term and what options they have so it's just it's just not I'll even say our decision because, oh, it's just, I have so many thoughts going through my mind right now. And it's hard for me to like wrangle them on end to make one coherent sentence. But what I'm basically trying to say is I want you all to watch what is happening right now because this is huge. And this is um, one of those things that can happen so fast where we kind of miss it and we kind of don't see where the starting point was so I want you to do your research and your homework on this and try to find articles that um are in language that you can understand because some of the articles I read I'm like okay I don't 
get any of this. So let me find something that puts it in layman's terms for me. And one, what, um, one, what's the word? News outlet, Huffington Post really puts, um, the, I find that the articles there and the writers write in a way that you are able to understand what the article is saying. So I highly suggest you going over to Huffington Post, typing in heartbeat bill, um, typing in Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, or any of those states and reading some of those articles and really seeing like what's happening because we need to be aware and we need to be um, just cognizant of what's happening right now because it affects us and it affects those coming after us. So yeah. Because this is the twilight zone right now and I'm just not with it, okay? I am not with it. And I want y'all to be super vigilant. I guess that's what I want you to take from this episode is just be vigilant about what's happening right now. Uh, I need to go and get me some hot boiled Cajun peanuts from the grocery store. Not the grocery store, the corner store. Because <laughs> your girl has been stressed and I have been fighting all day whether or not I was going to talk about this like whether or not it was going to make sense and I don't know if it makes sense but I know I just feel better I feel like a weight has been lifted off my chest and hopefully you were able to get something from this even if it's just like a small piece of something and I promise next week we're going to be back hopefully nothing else crazy happens in this twilight zone in the United States but long as nothing crazy happens we'll be back on schedule next week um with something encouraging because i do have a topic next week that i want to talk to y'all about and i think it's going to be something that you all i mean every single last one of you will be able to use in your everyday life so that's it for today don't forget that you can keep up with us on instagram at carefree and black diaries and on twitter at carefree blk pod don't forget to stay black and carefree and we'll see you next time in the next episode of the carefree and black diaries bye guys